is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure you go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. Whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, over on YouTube, go check out the description of the show. we got links to everything custom designs. It's our friend Haley Wagner's small business where she does customized clothing. She does hats. Uh, or no, she doesn't do hats. Jeez. Got ahead of myself. She does t-shirts, hoodies. She does stuff for uh, most I mean, hope on your part. That was, that was a lot of hopium. Um, no hats, no hats. But anyway, we have a Facebook link. We have an Etsy link. Go check her out. I know Smitty's got some stuff and we got some stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. it, we actually have around the 412 merch. If you want to go get that, we yeah. she she does have around the 412 merch that you can buy. So go check her out. Um, this is the Penguin Show. Penguins went one for three, or I guess one oh and two, if you want to talk yeah. uh Hockey record wise, yeah. Why can't we win an overtime game? And why? It, it, not only why can't we win an overtime game, why can't we score in the power play still? Those are questions well, the, I'm still asking. Yeah, the power play thing. I can't, I don't think anybody's going to have the solution to. It's just it's such a deep rooted issue that personnel isn't changing, um, or personnel isn't going to change and make it any better. Clearly, they can try whatever they want. Uh, it's a systematic issue. Uh, I just feel like they're not built for three on three, whatever it is. I don't know why they're so bad in overtime, but what's absolutely wild is even with that, they still are climbing um, now just one yeah, point out of a playoff spot. And they've played two less games than Tampa who sit in that last wild card spot right now. Not only that fourth in the division as of right now, and they've only lost four games, I think in regulations or maybe it's five. They've only lost four or five games of regulation since the beginning of December. Insane run that they've been on at least securing one point but again to your point man if they were winning more of these games in overtime they'd be in really good shape i'm trying to look at how many power plays they had in these games i know we we, week after week we harp on the power play but like yeah the difference between them winning and losing yeah Yeah, that's 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 really what i'm getting down to is like you're in these one goal games and if the power play was more consistent how many of these games would they have won but the Penguins are in a good spot, despite having lost two of the last three out of we that we talked. But they weren't just two out of three um, to mediocre teams. They were just uh, one of the best for teams four. in hockey. Oh for four, by the way, in both those overtime losses this past week. Oh for four, like in each one. So not over four, two. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. for, for eight in two games, you score score once in those games, and maybe you're winning in regulation. But mm-hmm. you know. It, it, like I was saying, at least the teams you're losing to, and this is also, we just talked about hopium. This is copium. You're losing to good teams. Like, at least they're not dropping eggs to teams that they shouldn't. Teams like Carolina and Vancouver, who Vancouver has had a really good year. They're leading their division. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and Carolina is one of the top teams in the Metro, top teams in the East. Like, you can at least live with it better. It's, it's easier to swallow. Um, but obviously you got to start winning some of these games. If these are the teams that you want to play in the playoffs, you want to beat in the playoffs, you, you got to get to the playoffs first, and you're going to get there by beating some of these teams. I just went over last week in a row the list of teams that the Penguins close out the season with. Like there's an 18-game stretch. It is not easy this upcoming spring. They're going to be playing a lot of playoff teams, a lot of good hockey teams. You're going to have to figure out how to close out some of these games. 
whether you do that at five on five power play scoring shorthanded goals, I don't care. You got to figure something out though, because these are the teams that you're going to be playing if you get to the dance, but you got to get to the dance first. Well, especially Carolina, right? I mean, like the way that they've played against them basically since like the last three, four years, Carolina just absolutely dominating that series. How confident would you feel if we had to go into a seven game series against Carolina? I mean, they clearly just don't match up with them all that well, um, which is interesting that it's like been such a kryptonite for them. I was going to look at, so I went back to look at Carolina specifically um, mm-hmm. be, because of how they have played Carolina the past several seasons. Um, I know they were, they're, they're oh for their last six when they play in Carolina. So obviously that's pretty good. Um and then I'm pretty sure they are now three and eleven in their last fourteen games played. Jeez. And obviously, some of those are overtime losses. Some of those are um, overtime. I believe. I believe the actual total was like three, five and six, or three six and five. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. There's been a ton of overtime losses to the to the mm-hmm. Hurricanes. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It's not like you know they're getting blown out in these games, but they can't seem to overcome Carolina for whatever reason. I'm very curious. I'm going to look at this real quick because Um, I know they've had several overtime games. So yeah, they over the, this stretch that I'm talking about, they've lost in overtime five times. Okay. Jeez. It's wild stuff, you know, razor thin difference in the NHL uh, between a win and a loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, over this stretch of hockey, those two games were so similar to the Vancouver and Carolina game, like mm-hmm. needing a goal within the last minute. Sid scores with like 20 seconds left or something in the Vancouver one to get us a point. Rusty scores with about a minute left against Carolina to get us a point, um, which are big, like, don't get me wrong. Points great. Points huge. It, they, they need those points to keep climbing in the standings. But you know, to not be able to secure that extra one uh, here or there with it pretty much always being a loss in overtime. Uh, yeah, I think that, the, you know, every once in a while it'd be nice to see an overtime win. Um, or shoot, was their last win beyond regulation then when Jansen Harkins ended that long shootout game? Would that be their last win that's come after regulation? Um, are you talking about against Carolina? No, in general. Oh, so after regulation. Uh, win. Well, they won in the shootout um, against, actually against Carolina in <laughs> the middle of December, and then they won yeah. in the shootout against Montreal. At the, that the was the Jansen Harkins one. So the Carolina one okay. would have been the last one. Okay, and that was the one where Crosby was the only guy that scored. Yeah, uh, in the shootout. Okay, and that was within like a stretch of four games of each other. So yeah, uh, for whatever reason, it's not a very good team after regulation. I don't know what it is. Um. We got some questions, Penguins-related stuff. I don't know if there was anything that you wanted to to touch on about this this stretch of hockey before we get into those, or if you just wanted to jump right into them. Nothing in particular. I think the team's playing pretty well despite losing two of their last three. I mean, they are in overtime, and like I said, they are the good teams. I do think that their their good stretch of hockey has continued. Um, mm-hmm. The main thing that I want to talk about is, like, what is the scheduling? by the nhl like what are we doing we play we play on monday we don't play on again until saturday then we play Mm -hmm. the following monday and don't play again until friday like what what are we doing here nhl 
How we're in 2024 and you, you still don't know how to schedule your season. Yeah, like I get next is next week because of the All Star break though. Is that what that one's about? Well, we we determined that the All Star break is in February. Oh right, that's right. Yeah, because there's a stretch, or, or no, it's it, yeah, because it's from Saturday, January 27th. They don't play again until Tuesday, February 6th. So so they have three I, stretches like that that are weird yeah, because of stupid. one being the All-Star. It's stupid. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, other than we brought up like the fact that they're just not playing teams in the division really right now, and they're going to play a bunch of them, you know, post trade deadline. But we weren't really looking at um, that as much, and that is really weird. So, um, but okay, let's get into this. Tyler says, any realistic moves you can see Dubis making for the Pens, whether it be wing or D man? I do think that they're going to do something, Um, and I think it could come sooner than we think because of the Riley Smith injury. And also Riley Smith seemingly uh, prior to that injury falling off a cliff. I mean, was was great at the beginning of the season. Him and Gino had looked like they had played together for a decade, um, but not very noticeable, not making much of an impact as of late. Maybe this injury will provide like a reset for him and he comes back and plays better. Uh, Drew O'Connor has stepped up great in that top six role. Maybe you get Valtteri Pustin and going again in whatever role he's going to play in. But I do think that, uh, that Dubas is going to do something to tweak this roster for sure within that middle six, uh, specific names. Let me throw one at you that has been linked to the penguins in the past. And I still think makes a ton of sense because of the team he's on right now. Can I guess it. In, yeah. Adam Henrique. No, but I, I wouldn't mind that. Anthony okay. Duclair. Okay. Who's with the San Jose Sharks making $3 million this year, which obviously the Penguins would not take on that th- entire $3 million cap hit. Adam Henrique is on this list that I was looking at. Um, of, Adam of Henrique is a name that I would look at. Yeah. Although I mean, I, I talked about I, him last I year. I looked at his cap friendly and I didn't mm-hmm. know that he makes like five point something million dollars. 5.825. So obviously, you know, the Ducks would have to be um, on the books for some of that still as well. Only one year, though. Uh, yeah. Now, People have mentioned an outgoing player in Jake Gensel. I don't want to see that happen, but a team that people have been mentioning is Vancouver. Could Vancouver make sense as trade partners, even if Gensel isn't part of that? Nils Hoglander, and I know you know if Jesse Marshall is watching and listening to this show, he's going to love that shout as well. Making just $1.1 million this year, I think he deserves a bigger role than whatever the Canucks have been doing with him. Uh, I think he would make a ton of sense as well, fitting in somewhere in that, that middle six. Um, defensively, there's not as many names that like jump out to me right away, you know, and unless you're going like the short term routes, you know, Noah Hannafin was a name that was mentioned to them, but like how much help are they looking for on defense? Do you think like, do you think that they basically throw away the idea of ever trying to get graves back in to like a prominent role or, you know, I just, they put him back into the top four. Maybe they put season. him back in the top four technically, but it it still feels like even that last game. I I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how that that plays out. Um, but he would probably be the only name. Oh, let me mention one more forward name, just because I saw this on Sportsnet's uh, thing. They did like a thing with uh, top twenty five candidates and potential destinations for them as well. Michael Bunting was on here and I was thrown off at first because he signed a three-year deal, 13 and a half million dollars. So it's not necessarily just like a, a very cheap option, but Friedman was talking about him and he mentioned a reunion with Dubas in Pittsburgh, making a ton of sense. Um, and if the Penguins intention, you know, say they do trade Gensel, they don't have plans to resign him. 
there's definitely a drop off, in my opinion, going from Jake Gensel to Bunting. Um, but what he's making is certainly cheaper than what Gensel would get on the open market. So if you were looking for somebody to play within that, I, I guess you would have to have him play in the top six for sure. If you were moving Gensel, not in that same move, if it could be a separate move as well. Um, mm-hmm. But if Carolina is looking to clear cap, which is apparently what's happening, they're exploring the goalie market and have been for some time. A reunion with Dubas could make sense. I, I don't like the idea of it being a domino effect due to moving on from Gensel, but I think he could do worse than than Michael Bunting, who I definitely went into last offseason with some intrigue by. Uh, I, you said it. I'm just not personally. I'm just not yeah. going to entertain trading Gensel because I don't think it's going to happen. I just, yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe that, maybe that's false hope on my end. I just don't think it will happen. I think they will re-sign him before he gets traded. If you're Sidney Crosby, well, how do you think Sid reacts if they move Gensel? Like that's what I just keep going back to. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, who's who's the biggest, the biggest heartbreak that Sid's had as far as like we the Penguins traded somebody. Hmm. That I know of, and it's not even he didn't even play on the same line. Carl Haglin. Yeah. 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 Take dial that up to ten. How'd you know I was gonna say Carl Haglin? Because that's the only one that I could think you just of. Remember the, you just remember the conversations that were like how distraught the locker room was. Yeah. 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 But from what I, I heard, like of. Sid was, yeah. Sid was very unhappy with that. Yeah. So tell it up to 10. I just don't think they're going to trade cancel. I don't. So I don't even want to speculate what they would do if that happened because I just don't think it's going to happen. I think there's a chance that they could double down and re sign him at the trade deadline. Just say this is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarge, like I said, he had the same question. So who do you think would be the best overall hang from the Penguins? For Penguins, he thinks the obvious choice is Gino or Carlson. I do like those picks. What do you think? Well, it's definitely not Nodelkovich because he's a freaking Browns fan. (laughs) Um, True. I I was thinking about that. If Nedeljkovic would have been the starting goal, do you think they had Jari be the starting goalie on purpose in that game on Monday because they couldn't they couldn't have Nedeljkovic do it because if he was going to be a star, he's not going to go out there twirling a terrible towel at whenever his name's called. Yeah, it had to be Jars in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Hockey guys are so weird. Like they they either have such a closed off personality. At least on camera, like you never know what these guys are like behind closed doors or like in a locker room or everything like that. Yeah, I agree with Gino. Carlson would be pretty cool. I mean, for personal reasons, it's Sid for me, but that's just he's my like all time favorite athlete. Like it's it, that would just yeah. that would be more like a dream come true than actually like a bros hanging out sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, again, and I also throw out he's been on our show, Brian Rust. I, I, I yeah. got to throw him out there as well. Well, you mentioned like guys, could, you know, athletes, well, hockey players specifically are so reserved and closed off. We got to know Brian a little bit, though. You know, he, he talked to us, to us about playing video games and playing street hockey outside with Zach Aston Reese during COVID and uh, hanging out with his dogs and stuff like that. I can get behind all of that. So we even DM'd him randomly because we wanted to know what his favorite jersey they wore was. Oh, uh, yeah. 
True. That's right. And it's just the um, black gnome ones. Yeah, so so rusty could definitely make sense. You know, be rust, uh rusticles, rust ash, yeah. Rusties. It makes sense. Rusties is probably um, a trademark with Pixar. Yeah. Uh, another one that I'll throw out there, though, is Ricard Raquel. Uh, keep up with his Instagram a little bit. Super into his dog. Uh, might like his dog more than his wife. Um, seems like a cool dude. You know, yeah, again, it's just <laughs> hockey players are just so first, hard to. First, I thought you meant you like his dog more than his wife. I don't know either, <laughs> but probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to get a good gauge on these guys. I think P.O. Joseph's like pretty into cooking. That should be cool. I know. I don't know about now, but I know that Sid was into PUBG. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Sid, Sid was playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds back in the day. <laughs> Staying unknown. <laughs> That's true. I wonder what his, uh, wonder what his uh, gamer tag was. Mm hmm. I heart, uh, I was going to say I heart Nova Scotia. I heart, I don't know, something. Top four all time, 87. <laughs> Top four all time. So there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. John, who also asked us a Steelers question, gives us a pens one too. We appreciate that. Kyle Dubas What's might he... be a good hang, by the way. Just, just, Oh non, yeah, non-player, yeah, non-player. Yeah. What do you do with Jake if we continue to not string off some wins? Just going one, 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 back, 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 back. Um, the thing is, like, like I said, even though they are these overtime losses because we're getting points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're still making up some ground here. Um, they're in a better position now than you know last week when we had discussion. Even though they lost two out of the three games because those losses came in overtime, so they're still making up some ground right now. And what's what's the thing is, they're not going to be playing these important four-point games until after the trade deadline. So you're not going to have like as clear of a picture as you possibly could into where this team stands within their division because all their important games come after the trade deadline. Uh, as we both said, it's just really hard to envision, even though there's been so much chatter about it, um, them moving on from Gensel. And I know it's not the front office that drafted him. I know it's new ownership. I just feel like, man, Sidney Crosby carries that much weight for this organization. Um, and if he doesn't want Jake to go anywhere, Jake ain't going anywhere. I still think that at the end of the day, they're going to be able to work something out. With that being said, if the team were to absolutely collapse, uh, maybe Sid's word doesn't mean as much <laughs> because of those yeah. reasons I just said. If ownership and Kyle Dubas, who have no ties other than just taking over the team and Jake Gensel being on the roster to Jake Gensel, think that it's the best move to do long term and you can get you know a first round pick a player and a prospect back for a guy that you're not re-signing because you already have a bunch of 30-plus-year-olds re-signed for multiple years afterwards and don't want to commit that to another one. Um, you know, I think the path is certainly there. It's just as we sit here right now, I'm, I don't think that we're there, and I don't think that we get there where the team is in that position before the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think that they're going to be that bad. I think they're starting to put more together than they are – um, getting worse. So I think that they're going to continue to play well and, and string off more wins than losses. And even if they didn't, it's still just, I, I do not see this team getting rid of Jake Gensel. 
they they would have to like it would have to be catastrophically bad like losing almost every single game up to the trade deadline for me to even think that that would be a possibility yeah uh joshua carnes not to be confused with josh carney says what other players besides gensel could the penguins move at the trade deadline um i think i mentioned this a couple weeks ago but like riley smith you know assuming he's healthy and back could make sense one year remaining on his contract um he's won a stanley cup you know maybe vegas would even try to get him back um you know so much success there he was the one piece that they lost um yeah, if the Penguins were in a position to sell off some assets, I think he's one of them. Unfortunately, I don't want to bring this name up, but like, say the team were to go on the opposite of a run and go in the wrong direction, just string a bunch of losses together. Marcus Pedersen, I, I wouldn't roll that one out either. And I, I'm curious as to what that return would be because I think that like we appreciate him, um, but does he have, does he hold that value lead wide? as like a top pairing left-handed defenseman that he is for the Penguins. Does he hold that same value lead wide as a shutdown guy on a top unit? I don't know. I'd be curious about that. I don't want to see him get moved, but part of me is curious as to what the value is there. Yeah. That Um, would be an interesting. Those are the only two names that I think of, to be honest. Yeah. Besides them, you either can't move people or they don't have a hold enough value to move. So, yeah. I mean, that's the th- like you could bring up, you know, um, like maybe somebody wants Lars Eller, like, you know, a third line center. Yeah. Going to win some face offs for you, plays pretty good defense, can contribute, you know, tennis. May- goals. Maybe if if they continue to play, I mean, I don't know exactly how this would work out, but or how they'd get to that point, because obviously goalies are a big part of it. But maybe if goalies continue to play well, but the team plays poorly in front of them, maybe a goalie gets traded for. If, if that's the case where we get to that uh, point. Uh, because of their contracts, I assume it would be Nadeltovich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe somebody trades for him. But, again, like, goalie is such a – it's like a position where, obviously, the team has to play well in front of you. But, like, you would assume if you're winning games, your goalie – or if you're losing games, your goalie has a has a part to play in that as well. So, I, I don't know. That, goalie, that goalie is a tougher one. But Marcus Pedersen, that one would make sense if they were really losing a lot of games. Um. I think Riley Smith and Lars Eller both do. Like, but the the other guys you literally can't move on from because even another guy like not somebody that you necessarily want to move on from, but like Brian Russ, you can't move on from him because of his contract. Even the mm-hmm. guy like Jeff Carter, you can't move on from him because of his contract. And other guys are the same way. Like you, and so you either are roadblocked by a contract or you just don't have any value to move. Ricard Raquel, I mean, to me. I don't know that anybody wants that contract right now. And I don't think he's bad enough. Like I think the Penguins, the best bet is hoping that he bounces back. I don't think he's played bad. I think he's, you know, played better as of late, obviously, but still the overall numbers this year don't support a guy on that type of contract. I don't think that he's bad enough where you got to like stomach that swallow the pill and say, we're retaining salary to be able to move this guy. Like, I just don't think that they're in that space. So there's just not a lot of candidates on this roster right now that I look at POJ. Maybe. Maybe it's crazy to think that we traded him for Kessel. Yeah. Yep. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And was like kind of excited about it too, because of his prospect status. Hasn't panned out uh, the way that we would have hoped. Um, But not at all. Yeah. 
Uh, what else do we got here? Um, why Sid should win the heart and why his career is better than Ovi times 1 million. <clears throat> this is from Willie. Uh, really appreciate that last part. And uh, in my opinion, I, I, I put this out there uh, after the Canucks game. Even though they lost, Sid just willing them to another point there in that one. There, especially in today's NHL, where there's just so much talent, so much young talent. I think the NHL is in as good of a place now as it's ever been in terms of the talent pool. And it's a great time to get into the sport because you can watch any game basically, and there's a superstar on the ice at some point in that game. Um Despite all of that, I don't think that any player on any team is as important to their team as 36-year-old Sidney Crosby still to this day. And he's not the most talented. He's not the fastest. But he's the most valuable player to their team still at 36 years old. The second part of this with Ovechkin, and this kind of ties into this, is to the way that their games have aged. Like, Sidney Crosby having his best year in the face-off circle, still the same type of player that win the, wins those down-low battles, the hockey sense, those things don't go anywhere. You've seen Ovechkin's shot a little bit diminish. He's not able to play that exact same style of hockey. Still a good player. Still leads their team in points, but he's got like eight goals this year. He's just not the exact same type of player. His game's not aging in the same way that Sidney Crosby's game is aging. Not that I ever think it was a debate, between the two who was the better player but it was more of a debate in their younger years now i think that you're really starting to see Sidney crosby run away with it because of the way that their two games have aged yeah i i agree wholeheartedly um and i'll talk about that last part first i alice ovechkin to me uh, will always still be... one of my favorite players by the way i love obi even though I don't yeah. have capital. And and whether he ends up breaking that record or not, no, no idea how long Ovi's going to play. And it seems like he's going to have to play a lot longer based off of yeah. how he's scoring this season. Um, which the drop-off is huge. He scored 42 goals last year. He's only scored eight so far this year. Um, like he's not even on pace for 20 goals. But yeah. I I think that when you compare the two, to me, Ovi, because of the era he played in, and the competition he played against, the goalies he played against, Ovi will always be the greatest scorer to me, unless like someone dethrones him, obviously. But like from the time o- like Ovi right now until someone overtakes Ovechkin, he will always be what I think is the greatest scorer in NHL history. But there's more to hockey than that. There's more than just putting the puck in the net, and that's where I think Crosby has the edge. I talked about. Uh, a few weeks ago that I think Crosby is one of the smartest players, if not the smartest player of all time in hockey. And I think that's why his game is evolving so well for today's age with all of this. Like you said, the young talent, the youth that is embracing the national hockey league and Sid is able to adjust his game. Like he doesn't have the legs to keep up with some of these kids. He doesn't have the, he doesn't necessarily have all the skills to, to like, Sidney Crosby did not come in with some of the same skills that some of these kids are coming in with now. The game's just totally different than what it was then. But Sidney Crosby works harder than any of these kids. Sidney Crosby is smarter than any of these kids, and he wants it more. He has more drive. Like He is what you would want in a player. He wants it more than all of these players, and he is smarter than all these players, and that we, that's what makes some of those plays 
I mean, we talk, we see players and coaches talk about it. Like Sullivan talks about it all the time whenever Sid has games that he has where it's like he, he basically like watch in awe of like what's going on in the ice. You catch yourself like just like daydreaming, staring at him and, and what he's actually doing. So as far as like Ovi goes, Ovi, best goal scorer of all time, but he's not that close to Sid. And I think the, the gap is going to get bigger because of what we're seeing where like you're saying where Sidney Crosby's career is still going like he's still over a point per game player at 36 years old Ovi still a great player still one of the best all time but he's he's definitely declining and then let's talk about the Hart Trophy Hart Trophy everybody is it's despite being categorized as the league's MVP the little definition on NHL's site is the Hart Trophy is the annual award given to the player adjudged to be the most valuable to his team. It is not the player that is most valuable in the National Hockey League. It is the most valuable player to their team. And obviously, it's easy to say that if you take McDavid off of the Oilers or if you take whoever off of these teams, like they're not going to be the same team, but like, Look at the roster that the Penguins have um, at, at times, especially whenever the Penguins have had injuries. And I'm talking about more than just this season. I'm talking about other seasons as well. Crosby has dragged this team to the playoffs. He did his best effort last year to drag this team. They just fought against it so much that they didn't make it. But he's doing it again, and he is still at 36 years old where every single player above him is – pretty much all very much younger than him but at 36 years old he is still top 20 in points in the nhl and with goals scored he is top 10 in in goals scored in the nhl at 36 and he's able to do that while on a team and and carrying a team that honestly if they don't have sid they're they're probably not a point out they are probably carrying around the bottom of the Metro. And so if you remove Sid from the equation, it all fails. So that's why, to me, Hart Trophy, absolutely. If he doesn't win it, I think he should be a finalist, especially if the Penguins continue to go on some sort of surge and they get into the postseason. If they manage to make the playoffs this year after getting uh, removed from their streak and losing last year, and not making the postseason, I think that he definitely should be in the conversation, especially if he keeps up with the play that he's had so far. He is very much deserving of it. He is very much the most valuable player to his team, and there's an argument to be made that he's the most valuable player to his team in the NHL because of what he means to the Penguins specifically. He is literally a one-man show dragging this team at times, and we saw that over this past weekend. Um. The players that are in front of him, like you mentioned, the oldest ones, uh, Artemi Panarin is 32. He's fourth in the NHL with 60 points. Nikita Kucherov is 30. He leads or t- is tied for the league lead with Nathan McKinnon with 72 points right now on the year. Um, he's 30 years old as well as uh, there's one more. Oh, JT Miller, who's tied for fourth with 60 points, is also 30 years old. And that's it. Everybody else is uh, 28 or younger. Yeah, in this range. 
So the over the crazy to me that a Panarin's thirty two. Forgot that he yeah. was a twenty five year old rookie. Um, mm-hmm. But Sid is four years older than the next closest person to him in age. Six years older than guys like JT Miller, and then he's at least eight years or more older than everybody else that's above him. Mm-hmm. And he's still in the co- conversation for Man. these types of players. The Canucks, though, you, you know, we've talked about how impressive their season is. JT Miller tied fourth with 60. Elias Pettersson, 58 points, tied sixth. Quinn Hughes tied 11th in points with 52. I mean, and, and then Brock Besser. Brock has Besser the same it, amount of points as Sid. And, yeah, and, as Sid and Jake with 46. And what a bounce back for him. I mean, was that just last year? Everybody was talking about them getting rid of him. We were talking about potentially Brock Besser being a penguin. Buy low. Yeah, buy low candidate. Brock Besser now with 46 points this year. Um, yeah, wild stuff. I think that was the last thing that we got here. It was, yep, it was the last Penguin question we got. So thanks for getting those in. We want to do stuff like that more often. I think we have the opportunity to uh, now. So uh, be sure to keep sending us questions, whether that's in the comments of this show on, uh, I must said Twitter, on X, formerly Twitter, at around the 412. You guys know where to find us. Hit us there. Uh, Tyler, anything else related to the Penguins? No, just the schedule's stupid because this podcast is going to come out and you still have to wait several days to a game. Then we get two games and you have to wait another week. So dumb. I'm, it's ridiculous. Yes, yeah, Saturday, Monday, both uh, late night as well, 10 o'clock Eastern in Vegas and 9 o'clock Eastern in Arizona. Um, not as late for you, but for us East Coasters later. Okay. It's one hour. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but still, man, that one hour, eight o'clock and nine o'clock is a lot different than nine o'clock and ten o'clock. I mean, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Like, subscribe, hit us in the comments. Let us know how you feel about anything that we talked about, especially the trade deadline stuff. I think it's going to be very interesting as time goes on here to see what the Penguins decide to do there. Hit that notification bell. Leave us a five-star review if you were listening somewhere else. And, of course, as we always mention, and Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the show, in the description, wherever you're watching or listening, we got links to Facebook and Etsy, Everything Custom Designs, our friend Haley Wagner's small business. She has T-shirts, hoodies, a lot of different types of custom clothing, just not hats. Uh, unlike Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, she does not do hats. So yes, my uh, maybe, maybe coming in the future, but she did, has made some around the 412 shirts for me. Haven't worn them recently. Too cold. Uh, absolutely freezing here in Western PA as of late in a lot of parts uh, of the country, I'm sure. Um, speaking of, what's it like down there? Cold. I mean, it's not as cold today as it was beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. But over this past weekend, it was in the single digits. And in the wind chills yeah. was in the negatives. It was like yeah. how, the wind chill for like Sunday, like into into Saturday. Uh, for half Saturday, Sunday, and then most of Monday was around like negative 10, negative 12, mm. something like okay. that. And then we were in like single digits. Gotcha. Same. All right. Well, uh, that was the Around the 412 Penguin show with a little bit of weather at the end. Uh, be sure to go watch the Steelers show this week if you are into that. Uh, if not, thanks for tuning into the Around the 412 Penguin show. Another video will be popping up on your screen right now. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.